Welcome to the Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey is teaching you through the entire Bible with a new lesson each weekday. We're currently in the Gospels, and Stephen has combined the four Gospels into one series so that he can examine the life of Jesus chronologically. Today we come to a story about the healing of a leper. What you're going to learn is that gratitude is a mark of a follower of Jesus. This lesson is called Lessons on Living from a Leper. At this point in our chronological study through the four Gospels and the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, the Lord is now only a few weeks away from his arrest and crucifixion, and he knows this. Now, just a few days earlier, the Lord miraculously raises Lazarus from the dead, and this took place in a village called Bethany. They're on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives. It's only a couple of miles away from Jerusalem. The raising of Lazarus, as amazing as it was, only hardens the resolve of the Jewish leaders to kill Jesus whenever they can get a chance. In fact, uh, the Gospel of John records for us that the religious leaders, including the chief priests, made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. The Bible says, because on account of him, that is Lazarus, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. That's John chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. I mean, think about it. What do you do with the resurrection evidence of Lazarus, who's now, you know, walking around the neighborhood? Well, You try to put him to death so he can't testify to the power of Christ. How's how's that for hardness of heart? So now the religious leaders are hoping to kill both Lazarus and Jesus. But Jesus is in full control of his destiny. No matter what the religious leaders are, are, are planning to do, he still has some work to do. And part of that work includes further training of his 12 disciples. So with that, we're back in John chapter 11 and verse 54, where we're told that following the resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jewish leaders, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with his disciples. Now, Ephraim was about 14 miles north of Jerusalem. It was near the wilderness region. It was uh, secluded enough to keep the crowds away, at least for a little while. Now, if you go back to Luke in chapter 17, here in verse 11, you read, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. So apparently, after a little while, there in Ephraim, Jesus and the disciples are now traveling just a little farther north. Now, the ultimate goal of their journey is Jerusalem to the south. So it's, it's possible here that Jesus planned to join with some supporters, uh, maybe meet some of the family members from Galilee who would uh, soon be making their pilgrimage to Jerusalem uh, for the Passover. Now, Luke tells us that they enter a village. Uh, they're confronted by 10 lepers. Verse 13 tells us the lepers were crying out, Jesus, Master, Have mercy on us. 
But Jesus' response here is interesting to me. He doesn't immediately heal them. In fact, he says here in verse 14, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, this is what a person uh, who was cured of leprosy was supposed to do. The priest would examine the person to to, uh, determine that he was cured and could reenter normal life and, and worship. Now, get this. They're not healed yet. Jesus is effectively telling them to take a step of faith and literally start heading over to the local priest. The Bible actually says here in verse 14, and as they went, they were cleansed. Only after this step of faith was taken were they healed. Now, what exactly were they suffering from? Uh, One author pointed out that leprosy appeared in two forms in New Testament times, uh, one affected the nerves and the other affected the skin. It seems to, to be the latter here, which is the type of leprosy most often spoken of in the, in the Bible. Now, whenever this kind of leprosy appears, swelling affects the face, uh, the legs, and, and, and the feet, the skin uh, becomes dry and, and scaly. Ulcers occur and, and often spread that causes disfigurement. So get this picture here. These men believe Jesus can cure them. All 10 are healed as they're walking over to the village priest. And as they're walking, they're they're noticing that their bodies uh, feel differently. Perhaps they remove some of the rags from skin ulcers, and maybe they watched as the ulcers disappeared. They see and feel something miraculous is happening to them. So can you imagine the joy as these lepers are discarding their filthy rags and now without any pain in their once swollen joints, they, they now begin to pick up the pace. They can walk without pain. Maybe, maybe they begin to run. But now we read here in verse 15, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Praising God with a loud voice, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Obviously, this man knew the seriousness of his condition. He knew he was helpless. He recognized that Jesus had healed him. He recognized the Lord's grace in all of this, that, that Jesus didn't have to do this. And he could offer Jesus nothing but gratitude and praise. Now, Luke adds this rather significant note here in verse 16. He was a Samaritan. This implies that the other nine were Jewish. Jesus says here in verse 18, Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? The Greek word Jesus uses for foreigner, alagones was typically used to describe pagan idolaters who were unable to enter the temple precinct to worship God, uh, frankly, even if they wanted to. So Jesus is setting up a rather ironic contrast here between this one grateful Samaritan and these ungrateful Jewish lepers, and they were all healed, but the Samaritan alone voices any kind of acknowledgement any kind of gratitude for the mighty work of Jesus. Let me ask you something. Has God done uh, something for you? 
Well, if you're a believer, he certainly has. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says God shows his love for us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. We're corrupt. We have a terminal case of sin. We have nothing to offer God but rags and, and the disfigurement of our sin and guilt. So when's the last time we thanked God for his work in curing our sin problem by his grace alone. And let me tell you, if you're a follower of God, you ought to follow this Samaritan's example and be different. And let me tell you, if you're thankful to Jesus right now, you're different. If you're grateful for what God is doing in your life right now, you're different. We ought to recognize that that God has worked and that God is working in our lives. And for that, we owe him our gratitude. You know, when you read this account, you, you, you come to the conclusion that this was one very noisy, one very vocal leper. He's now shouting out to the people in this village what God has just done for him. God has worked in his life, and he's not about to keep it to himself. The other nine, well, they apparently don't care about Jesus. Uh, they're, they're focused only on their healing And I got to tell you, the majority of people, even Christians, we can act the same way today. We focus on what God gives us rather than on God himself. Well, this this healed leper gets the point. He realizes that everything he is and everything he will be is due to Jesus working in his life, and therefore he glorifies God and gives thanks to him. This reminds me of what the psalmist said in Psalm 30, uh, verses 10 to 12. Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. That's what's happening here. You have one man who comes back to Jesus and does the only thing he can do in adoration. He kneels down before the Lord and gives glory to God. Now, if we're like this leper here, we're going to recognize that God has worked in our lives and that God is continually at work in our lives, and we're going to thank him for what he does. But I want to point out uh, an important principle here. I don't want to miss this. Here it is. Expressing gratitude for a blessing just might lead to a greater blessing in life. And for this leper here, well, it's a blessing that's going to last forever. Listen, listen here uh, to verse 19. What, this is what Jesus says to this man when he comes back and falls at his feet to praise God. Jesus says, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Literally translated, your faith has saved you. You see, out of gratitude for what Jesus did for him physically, the healed man comes back to thank Jesus and praise God and discovers that Jesus has the ability to heal him spiritually. Jesus affirms this man's faith and gratitude by effectively saying to him, you are now saved forever. This goes way beyond physical healing. This man is now healed spiritually. 
for all of eternity. Well, until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Stephen Davey continues this wisdom journey through the Bible. The Wisdom Journey is produced by Wisdom International. If you haven't seen it, consider installing the Wisdom International app to your phone or tablet. Once you do, you can take this Bible teaching ministry wherever you go. You can follow along on both the Wisdom Journey and Stephen's other daily program, Wisdom for the Heart. The library for Stephen's 36 years of Bible teaching is on that app. You'll find the Wisdom International app in the store for your device. Join us next time.